Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. We've been in a series called the Adventure Series. And uh, just talking about uh, how, how God has called us and invited us to this Adventure. What's the adventure? It's 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 the, it's an invitation to being formed into the image of Christ, or to going uh, where He's calling us to go. And along this way, on this journey, on this adventure, we're going to learn who Christ is, and Christ is going to be formed in us. We're not going to be the same person at the end that we were when we started at the beginning. So if you'll remember, I told a story weeks ago, right? This is like the fifth or sixth one in the series. And I don't even normally preach a series this long. But this is what I felt God said to me. He he, uh, told me to go and buy this bike. And I saw this bike for weeks and weeks and weeks. And if you've been here, this is repeat for you. But it's good for you anyway. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to buy this bike. And uh, I said, Lord, I don't need a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in years. If I got on this bike, I'd probably fall down and break my neck. And the Lord said, I want you to buy it. So I said, well, okay, if you want me to get that crazy, bright, bodacious yellow bike, then you tell someone to give me the money. And, uh, and uh, I didn't tell anybody. And with less than 24 hours, a lady walks right up to me right here in the front, hands me a $100 bill and says, well, the Lord says I'm to give you this. It's, it's to buy something. I'm like, yes, Lord. So I went the next day and I got this bike. Amen. And then I had a couple people, I had my daughter and, and Danny, and we're trying to help me get on it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to ride this bike. They say it, that it's like riding a bike you never forget. Now, my brain remembers, but my body sometimes did not line up with my brain. Right? This is true. So, you know, I get on the bike, and it's all wiggly, and I think I'm going to crash. And they're holding on. I think I remember when I was the one holding the bike, and, and my daughter was riding. And now... I'm on the bike and she's holding the back. I don't know. And God began to speak to me about it's an adventure, Lisa. And this bicycle is a symbol of this adventure for us right now in this season. Because, you know, when you're a little kid, you can't wait to get on the bike. You can't wait to ride a bike without somebody holding it or without the training wheels. But you can't ride a bike. You can't really participate in this adventure if you can't have a balance. Right? If you can't keep your balance, you can't stay on there. You lean too far this way, you go over. You lean too far this way, you go over. Right? And and I, I shared the story where God said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your city. And I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. And the Bible says that he went out not knowing where he was going to go. It was an adventure. And I described what an adventure is. You know, when you just go on a journey, you know where you begin and you know where you end. And you basically go down that road and you could kind of clock it. And you, you have somewhat sort of control of when you get there, when you arrive. You know, if you just go on a journey. But an adventure is different. An adventure, sometimes there, you start out and there's a promise. This is what's going to happen. This is where we're going. But that's about all you know. 
You, you know, like, think about Columbus's men sailing for the New World. Think about Lewis and Clark uh, uh, mapping out the United States, you know. Think about some missionaries that are going to find some people in the jungle. They don't know exactly how long it's going to take. They don't know what they're going to encounter along the way. All they know, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs. It's going to be fun sometimes, but on an adventure, it's not always going to be fun. And so, you know, I, I, I want to I stress this, that this place of this balance and learning to keep the balance where God has said, come on, come and follow me. I'm going to make you my disciple. Come and learn of me, right? And God's inviting us on this journey, on this adventure. There's definitely going to be some ups and downs. And I talked about people like adventure. That's why you watch all those crazy movies. You're sitting there, oh, what's going to happen? You love not knowing what's going to happen. You, you know, you ride on a, on, on, a, on, a, on a roller coaster. You go up and you're like up to the top. And, and there's that moment at the top where you really don't know what it's going to be like. And then it drops. Right? And there's something about human nature that we love the unknown. We love the mystery of it. We love the challenge. And you know, you may not feel like it when you encounter the obstacle at first. But there's something in you that likes to be an overcomer. That likes to be the forerunner. That likes the struggle after it's over. Right? You don't like it the same old, same old, same old, same old. Because it's boring. It's predictable. And God knows how we are because he made us this way. And so God is inviting us in this season to this adventure. But I said this, remember? In this God, it's like God's invited us on this adventure. But we have to go back to the future. What did God say to Abraham that puts something inside of him, that promise, right? It's an adventure. It's a promise where God spoke to Abraham and something that God said, the promises that God spoke to him, it got deep inside of Abraham's heart so that no matter what he went through, no matter how long it took, no matter how many obstacles, and often when God speaks to you and he takes you on an adventure and he gives you a promise, at first the opposite happens. The exact opposite. Right? I'm going to give you a baby. They don't have a baby for a long time. You know, I'm going to protect you. And they, get, and they go down to Egypt. I'm going to make you rich. There's a famine. Right? And sometimes when God gives us promises and words, Psalms 103 says that Joseph was tested by the word of the Lord till it came to pass. 105 what? 10519. 10519. Psalms 10519 says, Until the word of the Lord came to pass, it tested Joseph. How many times has God invited you on an adventure? Or he's invited you to come and, and, and learn about him and, and go to some place, whether it's in the spirit, another country, to school, to another city. And there's this invitation. And God knows as you get on this bike, and I love it. You know why it's a bike? Because you have to pedal. You know why it's a bike? Because there's a balance. You go too far this way, boom. You go too far this way, boom. You know why it's yellow? Because I like yellow. (laughs) Right? It's about a promise, an adventure. You're being tested. And sometimes it's like, it seems like God's delaying, but he has something bigger. Again, this is all review. You remember this? And the reason I review and I keep reviewing is, look, I don't just preach a word. And then it just floats out there. 
These are like nails that were hammering into the planks of your being, of your soul, the fiber and the, and the chambers of your mind and building a spiritual house, which is you. We want it to build something inside of you, build a hope and a knowledge of Jesus. Amen? It's an adventure. It's a promise. It's love. Sometimes on an adventure, it's hard. You know, if you pay attention to Christopher Columbus, they got to a certain place in the ocean, the wind stopped blowing, and their ships sit out there, and they thought they were going to die. They ran out of food. They ran out of water, and his own men said, we're going to kill you. You know? But, you, but you've been invited on this adventure, and there's a promise. There's a promise of what you're going to get if you get to the end. And it's love. It doesn't feel like love. It may not feel like love because it looks like God's delaying, like God's holding back. And sometimes I preach this. God promises Abraham and Sarah a baby, and he takes a long time. But sometimes the word of the Lord is testing us or shaping us or molding us or teaching us about Sarah wanted a baby. God wanted a nation. Right? Jacob wanted, wanted to be better than his brother. God wanted a king and a prince over Israel. You know, Hannah wanted a baby so that her, 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 uh, the, her husband's other wife would quit making fun of her and mocking her. But God wanted a prophet because it says the word of the Lord was rare in that time. What is it that God is withholding or seemingly withholding so that your vision will get bigger? So that you'll know what real love is. You know, like Forrest Gump. I may not know, I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. Right? To know what love really is. It may not feel like love. Love's not a feeling, it's a choice. It's a fact. God is love. Love is a person, not my emotional up and down or my hormone release that day. It's a person. His name is Jesus. It's an adventure. It's a promise. It's love. It's big. It's big, right? And and I had had a a vision where God said, Lisa, I've given you a word, and what you picture is this, like a little scroll, you know? And then I saw a giant one that was as big as this room. And he said, you picture this, and what I picture is this. You think a word, and I think a word, right? And then I have this little bike, and there's a big bike, and then there's the little fish, and the big fish, the little scroll, and the big scroll there. It's big. What's big? It's big. You can't wrap your mind around it. You can't always understand it. You can't control it. doesn't matter how much you cry, whine, kick, fall on the floor, kick your feet, scream your hand out, say, stick your lip out, say, I'm, that's it, God, I've had it. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your generation. It's bigger than your life. It's bigger than your desire. Whenever God has spoken to you and you think you know what God has said, I promise you it's bigger, more encompassing. It's spreading out more. It's going to affect more. It's going to go beyond your life into generations you never imagined was possible because it's big. It's an adventure. It's a promise. It's love. It's big. And I preached last time, it's supernatural. Right? It's supernatural. That means it's not natural. Natural is you do this and that happens. You do this and that happens. You pay that and that happens. No, this is supernatural. And I shared where God gave me a dream and I saw what looked like an umbilical cord attached to my belly. And it was going from my belly all the way up through the sky to the Father sitting on the throne. And the Lord said to me, Lisa, 
a supernatural ministry must be supplied supernaturally. Don't look at the people. They can't help you. Don't look at yourself. You can't do it. If you can do it, it's not God. It's bigger than that. If you could do it and, you, and, and you're trying to figure out in the natural how to supply it, how to fund it, how to bring it to pass, you're moving in a natural mindset. The Bible says the natural mind is at enmity or making war with God. It's supernatural. Beyond natural. Beyond what you see. It's supernatural, right? And I talked about this. It only takes one encounter. One day. One face-to-face encounter. One word. Like Lazarus. And you were dead and now you're not. You know, it just takes one, one footstep where Jesus steps out of the boat onto the shore at Gadara. And the demoniac screams, Jesus, why have you come here? And that's your day of deliverance where you've been chained and you've been in bondage and your own family's afraid of you. But one step, one word, one encounter with God and everything changes because it's supernatural. It's bigger than you think because it's bigger. God is moving until things get into place. That's why it looks like it's been delayed. That's why you don't understand what's going on. And you wonder, does God love me? Does God see? Is God at work? Yes, because it's supernatural. It is supernatural. And then I spoke last Friday on this. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. The Bible says, commit your ways unto the Lord. Right? Two verses. Uh, and you want to write this down. Because I am preaching this series because I am laying a foundation for what's about to come to this ministry globally. It's an adventure. If you don't like roller coasters, you're not going to like it. We tell people, we're not sure you like it here. Because we, we, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. We don't, you know, and just like an adventure, where are we going? I don't know. When are we going to get there? I don't know. What's it going to be like? I don't know. What do you know? I know God told me to go. I'm going to, you know, until a few days ago, I didn't have the money to go to Africa. And people said, are you going to Africa? Yep. Do you have your ticket? Nope. Where's it coming from? I don't know. When's it coming? I don't know. What do you know? I know God told me to go to Africa and preach the gospel. What are you going to do when you get there? I don't really know. Where are you going to stay? I don't know. What's the name of the city? I don't know. What do you know? I know the name of the guy who's going to pick me up at the airport. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. Right? Proverbs 16.3 says this. Commit. That word commit doesn't mean, oh, hey, why don't we do that? No, commit means you give it to them and they take ownership of it. It's not like you lend it to somebody or you suggest something or you share your idea. No, commit means you give it to them and they own it. You know, like they own it. So you can't take it back. Commit your work to the Lord and it will be established. And I talked about that. Remember, to commit means that I give ownership over to God. I'm giving it to him. You know what's really funny? God owns it anyway. My time, my money, my body, my life, my destiny, my purpose, my future. There's really no my anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mine's not even a word. 
<laughs> Commit your work to the Lord and it will be established. Proverbs 16.3. To be established doesn't mean, oh, hey, yeah, like it's an event and it's going to happen. That's not what it means to be established. To be established, it says establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Another passage. To be established means it, it happens or you build it or you make it or you do it in such a way that as you are doing it, something is being imparted to you and you are learning and you're gaining the experience. And then as you're building it and you build it, other people watch you and they learn by what you're doing. And as you're receiving the impartation they receive the impartation and you become a prototype an example and a testimony forever after that do I need to say all that again because I remember when I moved to Lawrence Kansas and God gave me that scripture yes I'm going to establish the work of your hands Lisa and I thought well you know kind of like you well established you know it was established in you know 1776 you know, we're still living 1776. We're still looking at 1776. You're still hearing me preach and have rights and a constitution because of 1776. To be established means I, it's not an event. It, it's something that comes to pass, but it, I'm, it's forming in me. There's an imparting into me as I build it, as I drive the nail in, as I saw it, as I figure out how to make it happen and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I'm being transformed and I'm being made and experience is being put into me. And as you watch that happen to me, you also are gaining experience and watching it. You also are having an impartation and what we build later will also become a prototype and an example a testimony for people that come after that that's what it means to be established see if I just do something it's like building a a sandcastle I can build a sandcastle but I can't establish a sandcastle Because the waves are going to come and what I built is going to get washed out to sea and I'd have to build it again and again and again. We are not building again and again and again. Jesus said, Peter, on this rock, a revelation of who I am, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What he really was saying in the original language is establish. I'm building it on a rock, you know, like a cornerstone. I'm establishing it and and, and nothing is going to make it change or take it away. Right? Commit your work to the Lord. Which think about what you need to give to God. And we talked about that last Friday night. And I'm saying this again because this is a this is a litmus word. This is a flashpoint word. This is a word of, you know, if I if I keep trying to do it, I keep trying to fund it, I keep trying to bring it to pass, it's never gonna happen. Because I can't do anything. But I can do all things through Christ, therefore I must commit. My work into the Lord and it will be established. My marriage, family, finances, health, healing, ministry, anointing, future, right? We give it to God and it becomes, it gets established because he has ownership of it. And he has the power. Psalms 37.5 says this, Commit your way to Jehovah, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Right? So it's not just my work, it's also my ways. It's not just what I do, it's who I am. 
right? All of that must be committed to the Lord. It's not just what I do, it's, it's, it's who I am. It's not just my work, it's also my ways. The inside and the outside parts of me. What I'm thinking, what I'm doing, what I'm feeling, how I'm behaving. I all must be committed to God. You know, we want to get saved. We love to get saved, don't we? But it's the lordship part, the ownership part, where, you know, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell, but I don't really want God to own me. That's what lordship means. I commit, I give ownership of myself to the Lord. So, you know, I remember telling the enemy one time, hey, you can't do that. This body don't belong to you. It don't belong to me either. You're trespassing on holy ground. Amen. To commit, right? It's an adventure. It's a promise. It's love. It's big. It's supernatural. And it is a commitment. It's a commitment, right? You know, uh, I think Cortez was one of the early conquistadores who, 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 who invited people to go to America and they were going to find the gold. And people were griping and complaining, but he was different than Columbus. When they got to the shore and they said, we don't like it here, we're going to go back, he told his men, burn the ships. Burn them. Burn the ships. And the people were sitting there looking at him, and the ships were burning. And he's like, you know what? Now we will go. It's a commitment. You can't go back where you came from. What is it that you need to burn? That you need to commit to the Lord. I'm not going back there. I'm never doing that again. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to act that way. I'm going to burn that on the altar. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, crucify that thing in my life. It's not going to have its way. It does not own me. That addiction, that worry, that pain, that disease, it does not own me. I'm owned by my Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to burn the ships. Otherwise you're sitting there like, I don't know, God. It's been a long time. I don't know, God. This is pretty hard. I don't know, God. I thought this was going to be fun. It will be. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. It's an adventure. It's not a movie. It's not a video game. It's real life. It's an adventure. And God loves us, and he's establishing us. And Christ is being formed in us. That's the invitation. Get on the bike. Where are we going? Into him. What does that mean? I don't know. What's it look like? I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. It's going to be amazing. Tonight I want to talk about it's grace. It's grace. It's grace. And I'm not intend to keep you a long time, but I want to speak about this. Now, we could be talking, you know, about grace, the kind of grace where people talk about getting saved, grace versus works. That's what I'm talking about tonight. I want to talk about grace, which is the unmerited favor or uh, to be pleasing to the Lord or God is pleased with us. So I'm on this adventure and it's big and it's been hard and I don't know, God, I don't know if I can make it. I'm getting tired, you know. I've been pedaling up this hill and I just can't see the top of it. How am I going to make it? It's grace. Grace is going to help you. 
Let me give you some scriptures. And, and this is going to be sort of like a Bible study, sort of like a sermon. Because we need this right now. Paul is talking about what God is doing in his life, all right? And I, and I, and I, I want you uh, to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me lay a scripture foundation and then we'll release the... <sighs> 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, right? I want you to think about this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, you know, uh, sorry, in Romans 15, 16, Paul talks about the grace that is given to him to be a minister of the gospel. Right? So God's given us a calling, whether it's as a church or as a family or a married person or, or, or a, a, a vision or a dream, a business that God has given to you. And when God calls you and invites you on an adventure with him and he gives you a promise and he's supplying you with power supernaturally and there's supernatural provision, but they're also going to need grace. It's grace. What grace? What do you mean, Lisa Grace? There's a power that's at work and a favor of God, a favor and, and, and where God looks at you with such love and such favor and, and, such, and he's so pleased with what he made you to be that this grace is going to give you the power to finish and to continue on. You say, what? Hang with me. I'm going to give you some word because faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. You know, halfway through, we're halfway on this journey and we've come up to the top of this mountain and we're looking out over and we're like, like maybe like Lewis and Clark, we thought we were going to be on the Pacific Ocean and we see <coughs> the Rocky Mountains. And then we see uh, the Sierra Nevada, you know, we see all like five mountain chains. We're like, how are we going to get there? And God will allow us to see out into the distance of the future. You know, when you start, you know, it's kind of like, yay, we're going to ride a bike. It's going to be fine. 20 miles later, like, hey, are we there yet? I'm getting tired. Right? I love it. My kids just say, mommy, mommy, let's go. And then after I'm like, I can't do it. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? You can't just leave your bike there. You know, we got to ride back home now. You can't just quit in the middle of this journey. How am I going to finish it? How am I going to make it? You know, I know that God's a liar. He's, he's promised me. And, and I know, you know, it's not supposed to be easy. But it's a lot harder and a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. How can I do this? You know, and I've got this umbilical cord and it's supplying me and provisions coming to me. But I don't really understand. What do you mean? There's a grace that God has promised us to help us finish the race, to go on this journey, go to the end, to see what God has promised us to be manifested, right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, hang with me. I'm going to get a little wordy here for a second, but you know why? Because when you don't know what's going on and you don't understand and you don't know how, you know, it's like, you know... You don't even, you've got a toaster and you've got frozen bread, but you're trying to bite the bread and it's not very good. But when you, somebody tells you, oh, hey, that's electricity, you can plug this in there. And you push this button and you put that bread in there. And you say, well, when is it going to come out? Well, it'll pop up when it's done. And when it's done and it pops up, then it'll be ready for you to eat. And you go, whoa, okay. So then you'll wait for it to pop up. Right? What if I just had this toaster sitting on the counter and I'm starving and the bread's so hard and I can't eat it and I just put the bread there and the bread's hard and I... 
tart. And then there's the toaster. And then somebody tells me, well, there's a toaster. And I look at it and I'm like, I don't know I'm supposed to put the bread in. I don't know I'm supposed to plug it in. I don't know I'm supposed to push the button. And then I don't know I'm supposed to wait. Sounds funny, doesn't it? But faith's like that. Grace is like that. Right? This adventure is like that. So if I can help you to say this is a toaster and you need to plug it into those two little holes there. Make sure you don't stick your finger in there. And you're going to have to push the button down. It's going to get red. And then you're going to have to wait until it pops out. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7, and because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, right? On this adventure, Christ is being formed in you, and you're learning things about God. For this reason, to keep me from exalting myself or being puffed up with pride, there was given to me, or God allowed a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Maybe I'm a demonic torment. Some people think it was something to do with his flesh. I don't care what it is. All I want you to know is it hurts. You can fight all you want to. I don't care about that. It hurts. Paul didn't want it. He was like, get it off of me, God. Take it away. I don't want it. This is hard, God. Even though God had told Paul when he called him. Remember? When his eyes got healed, he said, tell Paul how much he will suffer for my name's sake. Sounds all good. I've been called to be an apostle. I'm going to suffer for Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Look, I can do miracles. Look, I can cast out. It sounds great. It all is great in the beginning. I love that line from Jurassic Park where they're, they're seeing the, the, the dinosaurs walking by the guy. And the, the people are going, ooh, ah. And then the scientist guy goes, yeah, that's how it starts. Ooh, ah. Then the running and the biting and the screaming. Right? You know, when you start out on this adventure, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. God's picked me. What? I've been called. <laughs> I always tell people, yeah, I'm glad God called you too. (laughs) Here am I, send them. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That means to strike me, to hit me, to bug me, right? To make something unpleasant. I love that. When you're having a baby and they say, it's going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be buffeted. And Paul said that this was allowed by God or designed by God. Why? To keep him humble. To keep him humble. If you could just get on your bike and ride my bike, ride my bike, and you get all the way to the end, you're like, look what I've done. Look at this ministry I've made. Look at this family. You know, look at my kids. They're so great. Look at my job. Look at, you know, and look what I did. Why does God let us on this adventure suffer and go through hardship and it's hard? Keep us humble. Concerning this, I begged the Lord three times to take it away, basically Paul's saying. Right? I know some things in my life I begged a lot more than three times. (laughs) And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Oh, 
That is not the answer Paul was looking for. I wonder when Paul heard that, I bet he said, Oh, Lord, thank you for speaking unto me. May it be unto me as you have said. You think he said that? I don't know. But between God, him begging and God talking and him writing and being a testimony to us 2,000 years later, here's what he says. So therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.